Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Hi, my friend. How are we doing today? We good, good. good. Getting go. ready for Suns and the Nets. I got pitches and catches reporting pretty soon. I mean, I'm st- it's, it's a good time. You're it's a excited, good time, right? Yeah, we're good to go. Yeah, I I actually enjoy the the like the end of the football season. Mm-hmm. If your team isn't any good. I'm looking forward to the end of the football season. Let's now let's focus on the final stretch for basketball in the NBA. This is a really good time. You know how it works. I mean, football season for us Saturday and Sundays. It's I mean every week it's seven days a week. All we do is work. So when the football season ends and you know it's more basketball and baseball, I kind of like that a lot more. I do enjoy. I, I will admit. I I I think I like football season a lot. I know by the time we get to the end of it, and I think the caveat especially is when your team's not very good. When you get to the end of it, there is sort of a, at least when you do what we do, it is kind of nice to get your Sundays back a little bit, right? Yeah, to kind yeah. of feel like, okay, Sundays is yeah. a, little, it's a little more free now. i tell you what, though. Especially in your house, right? Yeah. Sunday fun days, it used to be called in the day Burns <laughs> house. We had Sunday fun Sunday days. Sunday fun days. Oh, yes, we yeah. did. Back during Back, back during when the COVID, kids actually lived in during, Arizona. During the pandemic, when there wasn't anything else to do, we had Sunday fun days over at the house where the, the, the adult kids would come over and we would just hang out in the backyard, spend a little time in the pool, barbecue, a few cocktails, things like that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, what I was going to say was, man, driving in today, though, yeah. and I know it's supposed to cool down this weekend. Today was like too, the it's perfect. No, it's, it's like, too warm. It's like, what are you, it's like 77 degrees. What do you mean? Did you feel like it? I feel like I had to put my AC on in no, the car. No, oh, it was perfect. You too, Lauren? Spring training weather. I turned the AC on Right, in my I don't car. want that. I, I, it's January. I, I don't want to turn the AC on in my car in January I, or February. I Come on. I turned it on, but I got out of the car and I'm like, oh man, I want to be the spring training game right now. I get it. I, I get be, it. I, I want to be it. sitting just... in the grass outfield, having a beer, eating some popcorn, watching some guys playing baseball with like the number 77 on their back. It just sounded <laughs> great. Right? Oh, man, it's a perfect day for that guy. to go to a spring training game and we're still weeks away from that. Meantime, we got a big game to talk about tonight for the Phoenix Suns as their road trip continues. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Seeds Devin Booker, turnaround three-pointer on the way. No good off the back iron, and that'll do it. The Nets win tonight, 116-112, to 112, the final score at Footprint Center. Brooklyn has won four out of five to improve to 13-10. and 10. The Suns fall to 13-11. and 11. Yeah, that was back on December 13th, uh, back in the middle of so that rough stretch that's, for the Phoenix Suns. That's when it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. That's when it was really bad. The Suns lost to the Nets. I was at that game. There was a tremendous tribute video to Cam and Mikhail. I remember sending it to you um, at your house. Um, and it was just, you know, that was, it was a great video. And then, you know, they, you know, they, they went out there and, you know, the Suns big three. They scored that was the se- debut, right? That was the debut. Yeah, the, big the three. Suns big three. Yeah. And they lost. They scored 75 points. Um, but, you know, down the stretch, they missed a lot of big baskets. And the Nets were able to figure out a way to pull out a victory against them. The Suns allowed in that game, I I remember correctly, the Suns allowed a 19 to nothing run by the Nets. 
a 19 to nothing that sounds, run. That sounds about you looking yep. through your notes on that one. Sounds yep. about right. Um, you talk about it being the dark stretch. Let, let's just remind everybody kind of what happened during that stretch, okay? So you lose at home to Brooklyn. And they got the Nets tonight. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm painting this picture now to tell you how things have changed over the last month and a half since the Suns last played the Brooklyn Nets on both ends of the equation, okay? Suns lose to the Brooklyn Nets on December 13th. It's the big three debut, and it doesn't go very well. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, they stick it to the Suns on their home floor. The very next game was against the New York Knicks when Bradley Beal got hurt again five minutes into the game. They lost that one because they blew it in the fourth quarter. The next game after that was a win against the Washington Wizards, but only because the Suns outscored them like 31-19 in the fourth quarter. They were playing like garbage for the first three quarters of that game. Then after that, they lose at Portland. Awful game. They lose at Sacramento. Awful game. Then after that, they lose at home against Dallas on Christmas Day. And that was the that, that was the bottom. That was the bottom. That was to the me, bottom. to me, that was rock bottom. Losing, that was rock bottom. Losing to Brooklyn was kind of the slow descent to the bottom. That was like the start. You know, like when you're skiing, you're like at the top of the hill and you start going down. Right. The loss to Brooklyn was like right as you're starting to go down into that descent. Yeah, that was the Titanic. It just kind of like uh, was taking on water. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then uh, you know, the loss to the Mavericks was when they actually slid from the top of the Titanic to the bottom, and then they were hanging on. But listen, I, like, I'm just looking at my notes from that game. It's one of my first things uh, that I wrote down. Inability to win these games late. Final five minutes clutch time. When KD came back with 740 left, he immediately hit a mid-range shot. It was 99-98. And then from there, it just got really, really yeah. bad, and they end up losing the basketball game. So they play again tonight. It's in Brooklyn. It's a nationally televised affair, largely because it's the return of Kevin Durant to Brooklyn, his first game back there since he got traded. Now, we're going to talk about that in the next segment because obviously that's a big deal for him and it's a big deal back there and it's a big enough deal that it's a very it's a very odd start time it's an 8 30 tip time in new york which is really weird right but because of the national tv audience in fact i think the other game that's on national tv tonight if i'm not mistaken is dame's return to portland yes that's the yes. other nationally televised game tonight. Yes. so tonight it's like big return night and that's and i, I can't believe it just on a tangent here the national networks tonight are ignoring the Denver Nuggets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's it, right? In that game, that's tonight, right? And that game's... It, it's tonight, and then Nikola Jokic is out. Oh, no. So Nicole maybe Jokic they play dodged okay. a bullet, okay. per se. Okay. So, anyway. What's the big fella resting? Hey, you know what? Watch your tone, mister. <laughs> the big fella got to rest a little bit. You know what? The Suns could maybe use a rest day every now and then for sure. It's true. true. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try yeah. it, right? Like a, hey, like a designated rest day for their 35-year-old wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, now, the Nets, on the other hand, the Nets have plummeted since that meeting against the Suns. It, it got bad, and it stayed bad. They're 6-17 and 17 since that game, Oof. and only because they've won their last two games. And that organization is just filled with trade rumors galore. Are they going to trade Mikel? Are they going to trade Royce O'Neal? Are they going to, you know, like Dorian Finney-Smith? Dorian Finney-Smith, thank you, is another mm-hmm. guy who's getting a lot of trade run right now. There's a lot of talk that with the trade deadline one week and one day away, that if the Brooklyn Nets are smart, 
They'll flip Mikel Bridges. They, Bobby Marks today suggested that they could get as many as four first round picks I for Mikel Bridges. I said that last year, and I swear to you, people thought I was out of, that I lost my rocker. That they could have got four first round picks for Mikel Bridges last year. And people are like, there's no, I'm telling you, you get first round picks, especially if they're later in the first round, they don't have a lot of value. They have some, but they don't have the value you think. Um, so a guy like Mikael Bridges in his prime, a 3-and-D guy, you know, he's only been in the league for six years. He's still very young. Absolutely, you could get three minimum, four probably first-round picks. There was a lot of talk that the Rockets may want it. But, yeah, you know, the Nets, when you look at them, 19-27, and 27, they're having a terrible, terrible year. A terrible year. They, You know, do they look to break that up, or do they try to keep that nucleus of Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, uh, Cam Thomas, Spencer Dinwiddie? Do they try to keep that thing together? Look. We all love Mikel Bridges. Some of us on this show more than others. We all love Mikel Bridges. Lauren was all worried that we were going to spend the whole show ripping her today. Like, we we're going to spend a whole segment ripping Lauren because she still thinks the Suns made a mistake in trading Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, right? Is that basically the reason why? Right? Mostly? Also, because you guys will take any opportunity to rip me, but that's true, too. I don't even. Is that fair? Not think, fair from Gambo. I think Gambo and I agree on the trade. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's accurate. Actually, you do. You yeah. do. Yeah, we do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made it, but I was for the simple reason that I wanted the longer window being opened. Uh, rather than what I what I conclude is a very shorter window. That was just my that was my purpose of it. We don't. I don't think we rip you abnormally much, do we? Oh, no, I lean into it. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, I, I lean I, into I, it. I think, I think you're playing the role of the martyr here just a little bit, Lauren, but that's maybe <laughs> just a, <laughs> get a big thumbs up from it. Mikel Bridges. Um, Tied for the second in NBA in clutch points with Damian Lillard, trailing only Steph Curry, but he's not having the type he's of year not. that, you know, but there's a lot of things. Tenth in the league in total minutes played. Yeah. He's fifth in corner three-pointers made. Okay. He's like, there are things that you can look at and say, like I just mentioned, the clutch points. The clutch 98 points I didn't clutch know points. About. I didn't know Tied for that. second in the NBA when it comes down the clutch, making big baskets like that. So there's a lot of things to like about his game, but you know, people are pointing to a regression from last year, and you can obviously see that. And, and I'm looking at the general stats, and I'm glad you've got kind of some of the advanced stuff there. Look, it's not dramatic, but his field goal percentage, it's down. His three-point percentage, not by a lot, but it's down. His turnovers are up. His points per game are down by about four per game. He's I, there. I, I've been reading a little bit about Mikel. I don't watch every Brooklyn Nets game, obviously. Well, I don't know why not. I know. I'm lazy like that. Uh, the general impression I get is that maybe the burden of being the guy for that team, that it was okay last year when he only had to do it in like 27 games, yeah. 28 games, but now that he's got to do it a whole season, he's getting exposed a little bit as the guy, that he's not the guy I, for I'll, any team. I'll never forget, um, Danny Ainge told me once, that when he, in, when he got to Sacramento, they looked to him to be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd been a role player with the Red Sox, a good role player with the Suns, really good. And then you get to Sacramento, and they're looking at you and they're saying, okay, go get me 25 points every game. It's freaking hard <laughs> to go from being yeah. the third or fourth guy yeah. to now you've got to be the man. It's really, really, really hard. And I remember Danny t- you know, talking to me about it. Like, when he got to Sacramento, there was his expectation that he was going to go get 25 to 30 every single night, you know, and it's you know, you're not playing with Larry Bird 
hurting Kevin McHale and Charles Barkley and Tom Chambers and KJ. And so you don't get all these open shots. It's just different. It's just so different. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think McHale might be feeling that a little bit. Arizona Sports and Bud Light offering you the opportunity to be a part of the 2024 NFL Draft in Detroit to witness the Cardinals make their number four pick. Text the word DRAFT to 62622. Tune in all next week at 8.20 a.m., 12.20 p.m., 4.20 p.m. And if you don't hear your name, seize the moment. Call in and qualify. If you do hear your name, I should say, seize the moment. Call in and qualify for this chance. Again, text DRAFT to 62620. Do not miss out on Carpe Arizona Diem. Sports Destination Detroit. Brought to you by Bud Light. Kevin Durant, video tribute tonight. She says he doesn't want it. Has he earned it? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hey, it's Luke. How did the Phoenix Suns fare and Kevin Durant's return to Brooklyn? We'll be reacting to Suns Nets tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Cam Thomas, member of the Brooklyn Nets, when asked a couple of days ago, hey, Kevin Durant says he doesn't want a video tribute when he comes back to Brooklyn. Doesn't deserve a video tribute when he comes back to Brooklyn. What do you have to say about that? I think they'll give him one, you know. Okay, just be trolling. I don't know how you do, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll give him one for sure. He, he did a lot here. Whether people want to say he didn't or not, he, he did a lot for New York, but you know, you know, he just be trolling. Right? Don't, don't, don't listen to Kevin. Don't listen to Kevin. Don't listen to Kevin. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Yeah. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Shut up. He just be trolling. Don't don't, don't listen to Kevin. Don't listen to Kevin. Shut up, Kevin. You know, Kevin's point is that he didn't do anything special when he was there. But man, franchise record 29.9 points per game in the 21 22 season. Had one of the most memorable postseason performances against the Bucs in the Eastern Conference semifinals when he had 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists in game five, and then 48 points in game seven in an overtime loss. I mean, he did everything he could to elevate the Nets and bring them that championship. And they just, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the combination with Kyrie Irving and him didn't work with the pandemic and Kyrie wasn't going to get vaccinated and missed a lot of games. And yep. Kevin asked for a bunch of trades. I mean, two, three times he asked to be traded. Yep. Yep. So, like, you know, maybe people look at him a little bit differently because of that. But, man, he was great, great, great when he was there. He was. It, it's complicated. It, uh, is, I mean, it, it, it is complicated. It, it, it's, it's very complicated because I, I think I read the same story you read from the New York Post today and the line from it that really stood out to me the most, and here's what makes it so complicated. During his three and a half seasons in Brooklyn, equal parts terrific and tumultuous, Durant delivered twice as many trade requests as he did playoff series victories. And I mean, just that wasn't his fault. 27 in game five. I I get it. I get it. But part of it is his fault. Part of it is the trade request, right? Game seven. I mean, game seven. And and, and part of it, no. Was it his responsibility? They only won, you know, the one playoff series or however many it ended up being? No. But that they beat Boston that that idea of asking out once and then circling back and doing it again complicates whatever legacy he has with the Brooklyn Nets. Because it you think about how it started. He was coming off the finals runs with the with the Golden State Warriors. He was hurt. He had to sit out the whole first year because they had the whole Achilles injury. And I remember at the time, everybody around the league was like, look, if there's 
a handful of players who are worth signing a contract to, who you know aren't going to play in the first year of it, yeah. is Kevin Durant. Right. Like, he's one of maybe uh, you guys you can count on one hand of guys who are worth signing to a contract that you know will not play in the first year. But the, all the trade requests, all the – and I, I agree with you. Look, the, the chaos with that team – that's Kyrie and his stance. That's James Harden, because just about everywhere James Harden goes, he brings that kind of chaos. I'm not just saying this because Kevin Durant is a member of the Suns. I'm just saying this based off of kind of our history of the NBA. If you're going to take those three parts and put them together in a room, can we not all agree that James Harden is usually more of the source of the chaos than Kevin Durant, or Kyrie Irving is usually more of the source of the chaos than Kevin Durant? Yes. But I think he wears that. I think Kevin wears that in part because twice he asked out, including the first time when we all thought the Suns were going to get him, right? Like the, the very first time he asked, I'll, we'll, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that summer when Kevin Durant asked for a trade. This is before he came here, obviously. this He came to the Suns in February. This was the summer before. I thought for sure the Suns were going to get him. I thought for sure he was going to end up here. Right. You go to that well twice, it's going to complicate your legacy at any place. It's just bound to happen. You, you think about for a second how close we came to the Phoenix Suns playing Kevin Durant and the Nets in the NBA Finals oh. instead of Milwaukee. Think about it. Well, about that much, right? By about, uh, by a, 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 the foot on the three-point line by, or not. By about, you know, I'm holding by my about, fingers about four inches By apart. about four inches. By about four inches. And it would have been the Nets that season, that, that season that the Suns got to the NBA Finals. The Nets took care of Boston in five games, and Durant was great in, in that series. And then they won the first two games against Milwaukee, the Nets did, Lost the next two. One game three. They're up three games to two. Duran has a great game in game six. They lose. And then in game seven, game seven, 48 points. He had nine rebounds, six assists. They lost in overtime, 115-111. Milwaukee went on to the finals and beat the Suns. We were very, very close to Kevin Durant and the Nets playing the Suns in the NBA Finals. So Durant, on Monday, um, on what he's expecting from the Brooklyn crowd tonight. It just depends on how the people wake up, you know. There's no <laughs> that, that morning. I mean, a lot of people don't know what to say or how to feel about me. So it's up in the air on what, what may happen, you know. So I'm excited that... Uh, people come watch the games and support the games. I know it's going to be some Suns fans. This is fans of every team in the world in New York City. So it's going to be a few Suns fans that are coming there and support us. So, but I, I never know how people are going to react. I don't expect anything uh, from anyone. Uh, I just want them to do whatever they do. That's going to allow them to have some fun that night. All right, let's flip this. Yeah. How would we react? We're in Brooklyn right okay, now. I'm, I'm in you, Brooklyn. You, I'm a got, Nets fan. You've got tickets to the game. You're a Nets yeah. fan. You're going tonight. How does how does John Gambadoro react I to che- Kevin Durant? I cheer Kevin Durant. Okay. I cheer Kevin Durant. Okay. I applaud Kevin Durant for giving me everything he had when he was on the court. And I understand that circumstances were not set up for him to succeed with Kyrie Irving's situation and then James Harden. And uh, But I applaud him. He asked for the trades, and I think that could be a knock on him. 
But, man, it wasn't like this guy didn't go out and bring you within, again, four inches of making the NBA Finals. He made you relevant. He made the games exciting um, for, its, for a time period. Look, let's, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, the Nets fan base hasn't been a – they haven't had a lot of success over the years. No, they have not. Listen, I go back to Mike Jaminski and O'Corin. Oh, and here we go. Um, and, and, and Sugar Ray and uh, uh, all the players where Fitch was coaching them and Derek Coleman and Kenny Anderson. I remember a lot of the uh, Mookie Blaylock. I can remember a lot of the old Nets teams. Remember Mookie Blaylock? I remember him. Uh, Drazen Petrovic was one of my favorite players. I always told you that when I was a kid growing up, you couldn't get tickets to go to the Garden to see Jordan. I mean, there was no chance. Like I was a, I was a you know a schmuck from Long Island in Brooklyn. I wasn't getting tickets to go see the Knicks play the Bulls. But when they played the Nets, when the Bulls played the Nets. You can go get tickets for a Nets game. They didn't care. So you go to Jersey. We take the train. We get a Jersey. And we could see Michael Jordan play against the Nets. Yeah. That was the only way we'd see him. He'll, he'll get a video tribute tonight. I think he'll get a. I think he'll get a mostly warm ovation. There might be a few boos in there, but I think he'll mostly. Daryl Dawkins. Uh, here we go. Yeah, Don't forget I, about Daryl Dawkins. It was only a matter of time until you started doing Not old. Not one shout out for your guy, Jay Kidd. Oh, Come Jay Kidd, it was later. You, but you he still my, played for the Nets. Exactly, and they had they, they made the NBA Finals twice with Jay Kidd? I believe so, yes. I think they made I it twice. So. And back they, to back, right? Yeah, I think it was yeah. back to back. And yeah. they lost. They didn't do well either time, but yeah, back to back. Um, text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 Dr. right now. Dr. J? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget about Dr. J. for a while there. Yeah. If you're looking for a positive sign when it comes to Kyler Murray on the Arizona Cardinals, we've got it for you. We've got a bunch of them for you. If you stay with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, that is. Hey, it's Wolf. Should the Arizona Cardinals re-sign Hollywood Brown so he can peel out on Paul's forehead? We'll have Calvisi Consulting in tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Before I start with this good information that our buddy Darren Urban had on azcardinals.com about Kyler Murray. Can I, can I start this segment in a different direction? Of course. Of course. I want to talk about Roma Dunze for a minute. Who? Oh, oh yes, yes. He's I, flying up. He I, is, I, I yes. want to talk about this. Okay. Okay, and then, we'll, and I, then I promise we'll talk about Kyler in a few minutes because it was really good I stuff. I thought you said Roman Doomsday. <laughs> I want to talk about Roman Doomsday. <laughs> Rome. I'm like, what? Doomsday in Rome? I, I what want, happened? I want to talk about Rome, oh my God, I got two Italy, cousins that live there. And the incoming Doomsday that's, that's about That's what to I thought happen. you said. I want to talk about Roman Doomsday. And I'm like, what? I got my I got to warn my cousin Alessia and Chiara. Like, there's a doomsday in Rome. Is that, didn't that sound like what he said? I want to talk about Roman Doomsday. Did it? I'm like, there's doomsday in Rome? I, I, I oh, looked, my God. I look to our judge and jury on the other side of the glass. Did it Did it sound like I said Roman doomsday? The only reason I knew you didn't is because Roma doomsday is on the show sheet. <laughs> I used my context clues. Okay, but did it kind of sound like I want to talk about Roman doomsday? I, mean, I, I, I will admit. Like, oh, goodness. Is I'm the Coliseum going to be okay? I'm a what about the Vatican? I'm a professional talker. I will admit Trevi I might Downs. have stumbled a little bit over a doomsday. I, I might have stumbled over that a little bit, but no. Rest assured. Sure, your cousins are fine. Okay, nothing's happened. At least as far as I'm concerned, nothing. Everything's all right in Rome. Everything's all right. Not that I would know. I've never been there. But well, let's go. Let's I, go. I we're working. We're we're. I showed wife, you a place I was looking at the other day. I, maybe you can come visit me soon. May, maybe, maybe. My I showed probably, you the bedroom too. <laughs> this part, this this is, could be your bedroom, Bernie. <laughs> Seriously, no lie. He actually did. 
He had a yeah. he had a, a reel on Instagram that he showed me. It was like a tour of some house that's available. Yeah, I'm to talking purchase. to the realtor right now. And, and he's like, Bernsey, when you come visit me in Italy, this is where you and Chris this are going to stay. This right is your there. place, right that's there. You We're taking Burns and Gambo on the road. Apparently. That's what I'm hearing. Well, what, yes. I, what I'm hearing is that when Gambo, you know, relocates to Rome or Italy at some point, that there is going to be a room that is going to be available yes. for people who want to visit him. I have no friends, so if you want to come, like, just type, tweet me. You'll, I'll probably invite you. <laughs> like, I don't have any friends. <laughs> right. That'll be Roman doomsday. <laughs> right yeah. now. Right now, Stan and Gilbert is like, oh, totally I'll go cool. to Italy. I'm going to go hang out in Italy. I'd probably Tando. let Stan come. I you know. <laughs> you come on. Would. Let's make some olive oil. <laughs> Rome Adunze. Okay. Rome Adunze. Okay, I got you. Talk got about you. him. Daniel Jeremiah, who is, is he's not always right, but he's one of my favorite NFL, uh, especially around the draft. I think he's a really, really good insider for NFL Network. I think he does a really, really good job. Put out his, his draft prospect ranking today. Okay, not a mock draft, but just I'm ranking the players as I see them. Who's the best player in the draft? Who's the second best player, et cetera, et cetera. He had number one, Caleb Williams. Okay. He had number two, Marvin Harrison Jr. Had a very glowing write-up of Marvin Harrison Jr. And I know Cardinal fans are all about Marvin Harrison Jr. Trust me, I know. As his third best player in the draft, he had Rome and Doomsday. <laughs> he had Rome a Doomsday yeah. as the third best player in the with well, this note. Reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald coming out of college. Okay, why? His words. Uh, well, okay, let me... Oh, he said that. Oh, he said that, that. Roger not me. He said that, not Look, me. Look, the kid, that, that was the most explosive offense in football. I mean, they were fantastic. I mean, you look at the numbers, right? 92 catches, 1,600-plus yards, 13 touchdowns. They got to their first-ever national championship appearance. I mean, he's he's going to be the second wide receiver taken, right? He's going to be the second guy. Over Malik Neighbors? Are you sure about I that? I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay. I mean, I, I really do. I mean, I know the LSU kid. A lot of people like him. I think, uh, I, I think Rome and Dunze is going to go be the second guy. I'd be surprised if he's not. Okay, I'd be surprised if he's not because I think that he is he is everything everybody wants in a wide receiver, right? You've got good size. You've got incredible route running ability. You've got dominance at the college football level. But look at the size. What's he, 6'3 or 6'4? I can't remember. Six, I've seen four, both. I've seen both listed. So he's a big kid. He's a big, strong kid and a great route runner. And just his numbers are, are incredible. So I... I think he's going to be the second guy taken. And listen, we've talked about this. I mean, I, I you know, I am not sold on the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at four because I do wonder if there are wide receivers you can get with, you know, in, in, in the second first round pick or in the second round and that you may not be able to get the same level of talent on an offensive lineman. So, and the Cardinals yeah. need an offensive lineman. I am not in the boat yet to say Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals is a lock. It may happen. I'm not saying it's not going to. Right. But I'm not there yet based on, you know, what I've heard. No, and and honestly, there's, if we look at the very brief track record of Monty Austin Fort in a moment like this, and it's a very brief track record, I'll give you that. This time a year ago, it was Will Anderson Jr., Will Anderson Jr., Will Anderson Jr. That's all you heard. Cardinals are picking third. They're going to take Will Anderson Jr. because they have a need at a position like that. What happened? They trade down, they trade back up, they take Paris Johnson Jr. Now, Roma Dunze is not the guy you're going to get with your second first-round pick. He's going to be long, oh, long, long gone, gone by then, and everybody gone. knows it. If you really like him, 
He's the kind of guy that maybe you could pull a pair of Johnson with. Move down to six or seven yep. and get him. Now, yep. there's a lot of maybe. people. Colts select, you know, uh, Mdunze, um, number seven, Mdunze to the Titans. You're not like, you can't get him at 10. Can't go too far. Can't go too it's far. Kind of like Paris Johnson Jr. You weren't going to be able to get him if you fell too far in the draft. Right. You, you, have, to, you have to stay pretty high to be able to do it. But yeah, his words. Um, he's he, nice glowing profile about him. Makes some incredible adjustments on poorly thrown balls. Tracks naturally over his shoulder. Oh, we got the, we got a to chance bring to down. watch a lot of him. Oh this yeah, year. he was good. But but the line is overall, Adunze is a complete player and reminds me of Larry Fitzgerald wow. coming out wow. of college. That's impressive. And I, whoa, okay. Now one other thing, real quick to share on this. At his so he had. Caleb Williams, one. Marvin Harrison, two. Adunze, three. Drake May, four. Jaden Daniels, five. Now that is wonderful news. Wonderful yeah, because, news. because of the ability to make a trade if you're the Cardinals for somebody that may want to jump up to get him. Or, and see, I would say, now, listen, you're saying, right, okay, Marvin Harrison's on the board, or you can make a trade with somebody to come up against Jaden Daniels. I lean towards the trade. Okay. I lean towards the trade. Okay, what about quarterbacks go one, two, three, and now the Cardinals are sitting there at four, and they can have Marvin Harrison Jr., or they can entertain a trade for somebody who wants to get Marvin Harrison Jr., and they go down a little bit further in the draft. Because that's that's where my mind went. Okay. That Jaden Daniels, because remember, this wasn't a mock draft. This is just ranking the players. Or somebody, somebody moves up for... Marvin Harrison Jr. Quarterback. Two years in a row, they made a first round trade with somebody not coming up to take a quarterback. It's very unlikely that a team moves it's up to point. not get a, a quarterback. It doesn't usually happen. It happened like to that. them last year. They caught a break there. Yeah. Maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. is that good and somebody wants to move up and get him. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of teams. You know, we've talked about this. There's a lot of teams that'll be losing wide receivers and they may be looking at, you know, trying to get a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. I just don't know where I am right now. Three quarterbacks go and it's sitting there at four, whether they would take an offensive lineman or Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know, and we're I don't know, and we're still a ways away. I, I'm just saying that that evaluations like this, I think, are ultimately good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Jaden Daniels scoring very highly, that's good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roma Dunze grading very highly, that's really good news for the Arizona Cardinals, right? Because you just start thinking about yeah. options and choices and things that you could do in a spot like. And that. I'm just really glad Roma's not falling. No, I'm Roma's, really Roma's fine. Roma's Text not falling. Your, call your cousin and, and let her know and everything. Everything's yeah. okay. Join Arizona Star Out. Fielder Corbin Carroll. It's his inaugural baseball pro camp on February 17th. It's at Mountain Point High School. Boys and girls in grades 1 through 8 can join Corbin for baseball skills, drills, and fun. Visit CorbinCarrollCamp.com for information and registration or enter to win a spot at the camp at ArizonaSports.com slash contest. When we come back this time tomorrow, give or take, we'll know whether Devin Booker is going to join Kevin Durant in the All-Star game. Does Devin Booker make the cut in one expert's analysis. We will tell you next on the Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Mitch, what do we need to know on this Wednesday afternoon? I mean, we need to know a lot of things, but in regards as to what I'm asking and well, the first thing know, we need to know, is Rome okay? Have we double-checked? No doomsday, no adunze even. Everything's all right in Rome. Yeah, everything's good in Rome. Part of me now thinks the Cardinals need to draft this guy because I think he'd instantly become Gambo's favorite player. Yes. His first name's Rome. I think he, in terms of the if you don't get your first option, 
it's like A2, basically. So yeah. option A, you miss, but he's A2. I'm kinda, just as good. I'm kind of surprised you didn't name your children after famous cities in Italy. I think you kind of missed the boat on that one. Um... You got a Kaylee, I, you got a Goose. I got a Gabriella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An Alessandra. Yeah, you you could have had a Venice. Two of the kids got Italian names. You could have had a Sicily. You could have, you know, you could have named your kids after... Portofino! Portofino? Come here, Portofino! That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful name for a girl. Yes, absolutely. Manarola! Come here, Manarola! Okay, that one, not so much. Cinque Terre! Maybe just keep it with the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe just name the dogs after Italian cities. All right, Mitch, uh, what's the poll question? What do you got? Um, some slight contention because I guess there's enough people that want to make it clear that they don't care about this question. But I care, so I'm curious. Okay. And you guys have discussed it already. All right. But it's more whether or not it will happen rather than do you want it to happen. Okay. Do you think the Nets will give Kevin Durant a tribute tonight, yes or no? Yes. Yes. I do. Yes. Now, here's my surprise. 51% yes, 49% no. Yeah, I, I think it's only for the main reason, I think in today's NBA, it's almost standard operating procedure to do something like right. that. Right. You know, like even I was at the, um, oh, what game was it? The Trailblazers game? And they even gave Ish Wainwright a little love on the big screen, if I remember right. Oh, no, it was, I'm sorry, it was the Bulls game. It was. It, it, was, it wasn't a tribute video, TC? but it was, here's Tory Craig. Give it, you know, Vince Morata was doing the, hey, I'm the PA guy voice thing. There's Tory Craig. They Give did it, it for Tory Craig. They and, did it for the backup center. What was his name? The backup center. Uh, which for, for the Suns. Oh, Jock? No, for the Suns. Like last year, the year before. Jock uh, Landale. No, which no one? not the other one. Oh, oh Busy. Busy. Bismack oh. Biombo. Yeah. I couldn't get the name. Bismack Biombo. They yeah, did a tribute for Bismack Biombo. Maybe not a tribute video, one. but but I I think it's kind of standard operating procedure. He'll get one. He'll get one. But are you telling me most of our audience is like, don't care? <laughs> Whatever. Well, let's see. We've got <laughs> Cactus Jack. We don't care. Mason. Don't really care what the Nets do. That doesn't mean anything for the Suns. Okay. That's fine. Brian A. This isn't a good question. Libro cares. You're fine. You're fine. I know. I'm fine. You're doing a great job, Mitch. I'm the one that has this job. They don't. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Do you tell them how to Whoa. do their job, Mitch? Whoa. Yeah. Who's the guy that said it's a, 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 a dumb question? What's his name? I don't do no clapback. What's his I'm name? Not, I don't live for clapback. Yeah. That's you, what I'm you, about. Do you tell that guy how to do his job? No. I don't even know what his Why job is. Why is he telling you how to do one. your job? Right. <laughs> Mitch. You don't, see, you don't see Mitch Gold calling these people telling them what to do in their jobs. Mitch, that might <laughs> that might be one of the strongest things you've ever said. Whoa, easy in there, big thought. Take take it easy. Yeah. My goodness. Get angry. That's good. I like it. I was, we haven't seen, we don't get angry Mitch an awful lot, do no. we? No, we really no. don't. He's pretty I like it. I calm, like it. level-headed, but yeah. it's good to see that that pot gets stirred every now and then. Okay. Uh, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Um, John Hollinger. So we're going to find out tomorrow, probably, I think, during or, or before the TNT doubleheader. The All-Star Reserves. Okay. Um, John Hollinger, one of our favorite NBA insiders over at The Athletic, took a stab at it. And, you know, again, maybe this is filed under the things that people just don't care that much about. Uh, but I think some people do very much care about whether Devin Booker gets in. Take it for what it's worth. John Hollinger thinks that because of the week that Devin Booker had this past week, scoring 152 points in three straight games, that he is a lock. That he's got one of the spots, and there's just not that How much to talk about not? anymore. How could he not have a spot? Like, I mean, like, 
I can't imagine. Like, they're playing much better basketball right now. They're winning more games, so you can't use that against them. Yep. Um, you know, he's going to knock somebody good out, but you know, maybe that's Steph Curry. Maybe it's Steph Curry that gets knocked out of this thing. That was Hollinger's suggestion. Was that so? He's got here's my reserves. He this is what he said. I got my backcourt reserves. I got Devin Booker and Anthony Edwards. And again, he said any remaining drama over Booker's inclusion likely disappeared when he scored 152 points in a three game span. He's got Anthony Edwards as the other backcourt lock. Obvious front court reserves. He's got Kawhi and Anthony Davis. He says my other front court reserve is Paul George. I'm going to put him in there. The wild cards. And this is clearly where his dilemma is. Okay. De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, Steph Curry. I got to leave one of those guys out. De'Aaron Fox. Who am I leaving out? Jamal Murray, Steph Curry. And he left out Steph Curry. I think I would too. He's like, sorry, Steph. There's a drop off there. I think not I would just, too. Not just with your team, but with you. There's a drop off. You're 35 years old. Your defensive skills are starting to diminish a little bit. I just, I read this and and I, I just. Look, I don't, I don't know if the game is rigged, Gambo. I don't know if the, the fight is fixed, so to speak. I just can't imagine an NBA All-Star game where Steph Curry is told, you're not invited. I just don't think the league's going to go there. I just don't. Now, now, does that mean I'm saying it's fixed or that it's rigged or that they, they, they're behind the scenes manipulating who goes and who doesn't? I can't believe Steph Curry is not going to get an invite to the All-Star game. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. The guy who gets screwed, you know, and I, I really don't want to say it. De'Aaron Fox is having a great year. Yes. Like, you're going to leave him? So th- those three with De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, and Steph Curry. I mean, Jamal Murray's having a really good season, too. Um, but I would say Booker over Fox, Murray, and Steph Curry, if you're asking me. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Maybe they leave Murray off. Perhaps. I might leave Jamal Murray off. Perhaps. Yeah, that, and I think that's why when Chuck said it the other day, when they were announcing the starters, when Charles Barkley didn't have, you know... Yeah, because uh, he hates the Suns. I'm telling you, he hates I the Suns. I know what you believe, and I didn't have a real good defense for that. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I was all handcuffed about that, didn't know what to say. Um, he had De'Aaron Fox in, and none of the other guys did. So I, I, I think I think safe to say, between Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry, De'Aaron Fox, and Jamal Murray... Now, if there are injury replacements, and there usually are, chances are whichever guy is left out is probably going to get in one way or another because some guy's going to get hurt and not be able to play. That happens every single year. It'll probably happen this year, too. But in that initial surge, one of those five guys is going to get left out. And I bet Suns fans are paranoid it's going to be their guy. Just I don't because, think so. And I, just, I don't think I it's think possible. I think he's in. Especially with the way he's played in the last week or so. Yeah. Like, how, you're going to leave that guy out? Really? You're going to leave? It, it just doesn't... Listen, they're all really great players. Like, there's nobody there. Like, Steph Curry, still great. De'Aaron Fox, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker. They're all great players. But I think Book would get the nod over all of those guys, to be honest with you. I think there are some things that he could do that maybe some of the others can't uh, offensively. Um, I would probably leave Steph out, but I understand what you're saying. It's like... Is it sacrilege to leave Steph Curry out of an all-star game considering he's probably, you know, not that many years left in the NBA and people want to see him? It's also, you know, you factor that in. Do people want to see Steph Curry yeah. with De'Aaron Fox? Like, who would you rather see, Steph Curry or De'Aaron Fox? Like, most people want to see Steph Curry. Uh, along those same lines, yeah. um, 
Dwayne Rankin had a story today on azcentral.com. Today or yesterday, I can't remember which, um, in which he was asking the question about Grayson Allen and whether he's going to be in the three-point contest. Right, right. And Grayson basically said, hey, look, if I'm invited, I'll be happy to do it. Um, But he pointed out, Dwayne pointed out, that last year the Suns had one of the top three-point shooters in the NBA on their roster, and he didn't get an invite to the three-point shooting contest, and that was Damian Lee, with the idea that it's not – Percentage. It's not about the percentage of threes you've made. It's the amount. It's the, the amount of threes that you've yeah. made that oftentimes is kind of the what might leave Grayson out. Quantity Allen over out. quality. Quantity over percentage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just like a sheer. And, and if you just look at the sheer number made, Grayson Allen's having a good year, but he's not having a great year because there are just other guys who are out I, there more who take more shots and they make more. I kind of like the three point shooting contest. It's my favorite event. I kind of like it. It's my. It's. I do. I like it. Hands down, my favorite event. And of the they weekend. got the one ball that counts for more. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah. I think it's pretty fun. Hands down, my favorite yeah. event of the weekend. Uh, when we come back here on Burns and Gambo, Suns little up and down over the last week. Our guru Kellen Olson in studio. Kellen Olson in he, studio. I can't wait. What wow. do his eyes tell him about the Phoenix Suns? We'll talk with him about it next on the Burns and Gambo show.